This is KMTT. Today, on Mondays, we have a shear of Harav Binyamin Tavori, who this year will be examining different responses, Shalotu Tshuvot, from the major ones from the 18th and 19th century. Harav Tavori. We'll continue today with Tshuvos of Harav Tzvi Hirsh Ashkenazi, better known as the Chacham Tzvi. In Tshuva Sheila number 106, Kuvav, the Chacham Tzvi discussed a famous question raised by the Radvaz. And the question was about a person who was imprisoned, but the authorities allowed him permission to leave once a year. The question then would be, what would be the most appropriate time for him to leave? People, of course, could posit, perhaps Yom Kippur, when Jews go to shul, a whole day, Tfilas Ne'ila, some other people might say Rosh Hashanah, when there's a mitzvah of Tkiah Shofar. Some people might say Purim, to hear the Megillah. Others might say Shabbos Parsha Zachar. It's known that the Radvaz said the basic principle would be to do the first mitzvah available. Because of the principle, mitzvah habal yotcha al Don't delay a mitzvah that could be done. The Chacham Tzvi argues with his position of the Radvaz, but before we analyze his tshuva, let's remind ourselves of the basic halachas involved. The Torah Tmima of Rav Epstein has a very clear discussion of this in the Pasuk Ushmaitim Esamatzos in Shmos Perik Yud Beis Pasuk Yud Zayin. As is well known, the Gemara learned from here Ushmaitim Esamatzos of course the basic din is the mitzvah of, or the obligation of eating matzah which is Shmura. But Chazal explained Ushmaitim Esamatzos that not just does it refer to matzah, but it refers to mitzvahs in general. The source, of course, is of mechilta. Don't read it as if it would say, Ushmaitem es ha-mitzvos, es ha-matzos, ela Ushmaitem es ha-mitzvos. The same way, you should not make your matzah into chametz, a cute play on words, you should not make your mitzvah into chametz, in other words, delaying it. Do it immediately. Now, this source is also, uh, this idea is also quoted in Psachim, and the Gemara also learns from Vayashkem Avraham Baboker that Avraham went to do the mitzvah early in the morning because mitzvah habaliyotcha altach mitzena. Now, is this a biblical obligation or is this an asmachta? The Radvaz thought it's only a dindrabanan. Mitzvah baliyotcha atach mitzana. It's an asmachta. It's not really similar to the concept of ushmaitem as hamatzos of matzoshmur. The Torah, to me, pointed out from, from Tosos and Megillah, it seems to be that it's a raisa. Because there they asked about a certain din in the Torah, why do you need that din in the Torah? It's referring to the shvicha sadam, when you poured the blood on the Mizbeach, and Tosus asked, why don't you just say, 
Ein Mavirim ala mitzvahs. The Torah Tengu equated the concept of Ein Mavirim ala mitzvah as a mitzvah to the concept of Altach Mitzana. And therefore, since Tosas asks, what do you need a biblical requirement of doing the Shvich Saddam this way? It would be, have to be done anyway because of Ein Mavirim ala mitzvahs. It seems it's the Raisa. However, the point, whether it's the Raisa Drabanan, here we have a conflict between perhaps the concept of a mitzvah muhuderes, a, a, a nicer form of fulfilling the mitzvah. So the Radzvah said, mitzvah badi yadcha even though he thinks it's the Rabbanan, takes precedence over any other consideration, and therefore you should do the first mitzvah available. The Torah Tamima quoted the Vilna Gaon, we'll quote the Chacham Tzvi as well, at the the Biure, the Gra says that the only time you say Ein Machmitzim as Hamitzos as Hamitzvos is if afterwards you cannot do the mitzvah any better than now, but if you can do the mitzvah better later, it would be better to do the mitzvah later. He quotes the Torah Tamima that there's a din the. And when you do Yibum, the oldest brother should really be the one who does the Yibum. But what would happen if the Yavam, the oldest Yavam, is not available? So it says that you don't have to wait for him. But you do. You tell the younger one, you do the mitzvah. The Nemuka Yosef explained there, you don't listen to the idea of saying waiting to the older one, because you don't delay a mitzvah, and we don't want to make her an aguna. The Chacham Tzvi is quoted by the Torah as asking, what do you need this principle for? Why don't you say, mitzvah bal So, the Chacham Tzvi's explanation seemingly would be that since you can do the mitzvah later, in a greater hidur, you should wait till later and do the mitzvah, except for the reason of igun in this particular case. And of course, let's now go to the tshuva of the Chacham Tzvi. He's, he quotes a Gemara in Menachos, where the Gemara says, if a person, a community, only could bring a carbon, either carbon musaf today or carbon tamid tomorrow. And the Gemara discusses which one should you do? The Tadir or the Mekudash? The, the Chacham Tzvi said, what's the whole discussion? Which is Tadir, which is Mekudash? What do you need such a discussion for? Mitzvah, So therefore, the Chacham Tzvi said, you should do the first Mitzvah that's available. In this case, it's Musaf. I don't care if it's Tadir, I don't care if it's Mekudash. Mitzvah, so therefore, the Radvah said this Gemara seems to reject the, the Chacham Tzvi says this Gemara seems to reject the opinion of the Radvahs, and therefore you should do the first mitzvah that's available. But then, at the end of the tshuva, the Chacham Tzvi refers to a famous din of the Chumas Hadeshin, which of course is very relevant. I thought about it last night when we do Kiddush Levana. The, kind, the general custom is to say Kiddush Levana Matzai Shabbos. If I would like to be cynical for a moment, I would say because more people go to shul Matzai Shabbos than on an average Wednesday night or Thursday night. 
That's probably true. But is that the real reason why the custom is to be Mikadesh Levana, Motzai Shabbos? The answer, of course, is Motzai Shabbos when a person is wearing Shabbos clothes. And, of course, the idea of you should be Mikadesh Levana when you're Mavusam, and that's a whole concept what it means, Mavusam. But one interpretation is when you're well-dressed or after Shabbos, so it's more muhudar to fulfill the mitzvah Motzei Shabbos. On the other hand, let's say you could be Mekadosh Levan already Wednesday night. Why don't you say mitzvah Badi So the Chacham Tzvi would say, very well. Since the mitzvah can be done behidur later, then we say the hidur mitzvah beats the concept of the mitzvah Badi Yatuchal But that's only if it's the same mitzvah you do behidur. But if it's two separate mitzvahs, then you really do take the first mitzvah, because mitzvah abad yadcha atach mitzana. You don't then discuss which mitzvah is great or which mitzvah is not as as important, but you do the first mitzvah available. But if there's one mitzvah that you can do now or do the same mitzvah later, behidur, the Chacham Tzvi argued with the Radvaz and said you should do the mitzvah later, behidur. Of course, there is another issue that you have to consider that the, the Chacham Tzvi obviously raised. And that's the question, if you could do the mitzvah today, but let's say you'd wait a year and do it later, would you worry about the possibility that maybe not a person, not every person will be zochet to do that mitzvah? Are we choshesh, that a person might die? The Chacham Tzvi distinguished between a short interval and a longer interval. For example, waiting from Wednesday till Matzai Shabbos for Kiddush Levana, a person might think you don't have to take your chashash shamayamus. But over a longer period of time, maybe that chashash should be taken into account. Another chashash to be taken into account, of course, is raised in the very, very end of the tshuva, and that's when the uh, presumably a non-Jewish government has imprisoned a Jew and said he could leave once a year, you never know What's going to happen? Will they change their mind? Don't forget we had not placed much trust in the words of the non-Jews. And they quote the Pasuk until The question is how seriously do we believe them? Perhaps you should take whatever you can get at the present time. Whatever you can get for sure. The uh, those are side issues, but the basic issue of mitzvah about the yadchatach mitzena, the chacham tzvi paskind is only in two different mitzvahs. But in the same mitzvah, you would say, if I could do the mitzvah behidur later, then you should do it. One of the applications of this question is a common case where uh, people want to have a bris uh, the, on the eighth day. And the family says they'll get there, they don't live so close, they'll get there, let's say, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, where there'll be a crowd, people can get there after work. Of course, in Israel, after work is a very questionable time. What what, what are we talking about? But uh, if they make the bris early, like like the idea of having the bris early in the morning, people won't come. And here there's a concept of Barova Madras Melech. It's better to have a bigger crowd to do a mitzvah. So here you have this conflict between mitzvah bad yot chatach mitzena and and uh, hidur mitzvah. According to Red Vaz, since it's the same mitzvah basically, but I do the mitzvah hidur rav, it would be preferable to wait until it could be done by hidur rav. Of course, the best solution would be if you could have the same hidur in the morning, but if it's impossible, this would be the position assumedly of the chacham tzvi.
Another question that I personally found very interesting because it very often happens to me that I learn something and at the same time, for whatever reason, I'm involved in a different issue completely. And very often I find that the two issues are closely related to each other and I never would have found them at separate times. If I'd been learning the Tshuva, the Chacham Tzvi, a different year, I might not have paid attention to this particular uh, discussion. And here, the issue was, recently I learned, last week, a Gemara in Shavuos, where the Gemara has a case of Chenvani Alpinkaso. The Gemara is quoted in other Masechtas as well. But the issue would be that I have a worker that I owe him, let's say, $100. And I go to my uh, a store where I have a credit rating, and I tell the fellow, put a hundred give him $100 worth of merchandise, and I'll reimburse you. Later on, the poel, my worker, comes to me and asks me for $100. I said, I, I'm sorry, but I told the chenvani to give you the $100. He said, but the chenvani never gave it to me. So then I go to the chenvani, or the chenvani comes to me, and asks me for $100, because I told him to give the poel, and he said he gave it. So here I have a problem. I owe definitely no more than $100. I owe $100 either to the chenvani or to the sachir. But each one has a legitimate claim to me. The chenvani says, you promised me to give me back the $100, and I paid it, you owe it to me. And I go, and then the, the sachir says, you owe me $100, you made a deal to pay me $100, I never got $100. The Gemara says, you have to pay them both. The question of a shvu is not my issue right now. But you have to pay them both, because... You have two different Dine Torah, as it were. The Chenvani is one case, and he can swear or say whatever he feels like, and I have to believe him. The, the Sachir is a different Dine Torah. My Chavrusa refused to accept this analysis. He didn't understand how it could be that the Balabais is going to pay $200 when all he has to pay is $100. I explained to him that there's no logical alternative, because what would be better? Yachloku? Each one gets 50. That's certainly an injustice. To say that I don't pay either one, that would mean I'd benefit from it. To say that I pay 100, how do you determine which one? Since since I created an obligation to, to both of them, so therefore I, I'm chayev unless proven otherwise. The Chacham Tzvi discussed this question in Shuva number Kufchavav. But he even made it a little sharper. The Chacham Tzvi said, what would happen in a case where the Sakhir and the Chenvani have an ongoing business relationship? Therefore, the Sakhir has no, been known to trust the Chenvani. Now, let's assume the Chenvani came and asked me to give him my $100, and I say, did you give it to him? He says, I swear I gave it to him. Now, the Sakhir has a business dealing with this person. He trusts him implicitly. They've had dealings in the past, and he trusted him. So how could the Sakhir say he didn't pay me when the Chenvani already swore that he paid him? The Sakhir must believe him. The Chacham Tzvi rejected the question and went back to the original principle. We have to separate this into two separate Dine Torah. The Chenvani is, has a Dintar with the Balabais. The Sakhir has a Dintar with the Balabais. But I can, I as the Balabais say, Chenvani is Sakhir, you straighten it out. Neither one has business with each other. In this particular case, it's true that in general they have a business relationship. But not in this case. 
The Sakhir says, in this case, I have no reason to even talk to the Chenveni. I did not give him $100,000, period. And the Chenveni says, I gave him $100,000, period. So therefore, they are not Baaladin between the Sakhir and the Chenveni. I, the Balabais, have a, a discussion with the Chenveni. I have another discussion with the Sakhir, and I must pay them both. The fact is that he pays $100 extra. He should have been more meticulous in his business. He should have made the deal with the Chenveni that I'll only give you the $100 after you prove to me that you paid the money. And you have to prove it with, let's say, with witnesses. But if that would be the case, then the Sakhir couldn't claim against witnesses they never received the money. I, perhaps, should have been more meticulous about the arrangements I made with the Chenveni and the Sakhir. But nevertheless, the halacha seems to be very logical that he should have to pay each one hundred dollars because each one is a separate din Torah. Another interesting tshuva of the Chacham Tzvi was relating to the issue of a, a case that happened in the in the city of apparently of Holland in the year Tov Samichvav. Two people had come to shul. And they both came late for davening shachris. One saw that in order to reach Shmona Esrei together with the community and fulfill the mitzvah of Tvila B'tzibur, he would have to skip Psuke de Zimra. Now this is a din that's found in the Shocharach. Many poskim have written exact parameters of what to do. In fact, today in many, many sidurim, there's a, like a uh, list uh, of what to do when you come late to shul, where should you skip, what, what's best to skip, what's not best to skip, uh, if you have more time, less time. And that's what he did. He followed the instructions of the Shulchan Aruch, and he davened with skipping parts or the all psukah de Zimra, but he fulfilled the kiyum of Tvila B'tzibur. The other gentleman said that he'd rather daven psukah de Zimra in the normal order, because he said that was the opinion of Reb Shimba Yochai in the Zohar. Since this dispute was found in a shul, they decided to ask the Chacham Tzvi which would be the preferable way. The Chacham Tzvi answered that Reb Shimba Yochai never said that you should not skip Sukkot Zimra. Reb Shimba Yochai emphasized the importance of saying Pesukah de Zimra Lefi there to say Pesukah de Zimra in order. And that is not even a question. Of course, it's a, a proper and, and meritorious thing to do. The concepts of Tefillah B'Tzibur is also very highly valued by the by Reb Shimba Yochai in the Zohar. And again, he quoted the idea of the Zohar of Davening Tefillah B'Tzibur. The Zohar did not refer to the question where there was a conflict between saying Pesukah de Zimra in order and davening B'tzibur. So Rabbi Shema Yochai very well could agree with the Pesach of the Shulchan Aruch. There's no proof in the, Shul- in the Zohar that he disagrees with the Shulchan Aruch. Then Hamzvi adds, it's a very important point that has been made and discussed in many, many sources. Uh, Professor Yaakov Katz has written about this to great length. In this particular case, there's no conflict between the Zohar and the 
halacha ben nigla, the, the normative halacha according to the Gemara Rishonim and Poski. But what would happen if there would be such a conflict? So the Chacham Tzvi write, wrote, if there is a machlokas between the Mikubalim and the Poskim, we go according to the Poskim Benigle. If there's no conflict, then perhaps you could Paskim like the Zohar. But he emphasizes that we Paskin according to Nigla, according to the normative halacha, and then he says this is a foundation, a fundamental principle of our Torah. Because otherwise, everybody could say whatever they feel like, because that's the way they explain the Zohar. Even though the meaning of the Zohar might not be clear, but everybody can say almost what they feel like. And then he said today, in our Avonot, many problems have occurred because some people have followed the Zohar or the Raya de Memna, and then there's the, the Chacham Tzvi uses a phrase, a loose translation would mean, according to their mistaken interpretation, and that's putting it mildly, of understanding their understanding of the Zohar or the Raya Mahamna. Very often, they, they interpreted things that it's impossible, says the Chacham Svi, that the Rav Shemba Yochai thought. The only reason I'm writing this is to dispel any illusion that some people might have that you can paskin like Mekubalim. But it's obviously better to paskin, correct, not just better, it's correct to paskin according to Nigla, and in this particular case, there is no conflict between the Nigla and the Nistar. But nevertheless, if there would be a conflict, I would paskin like the Nigla. In this particular case, obviously, it's preferable to skip Suke de Zimra and Davin Tefillah Betzibur. Another question that I found rather interesting was Tshuva Yud Gimel. In that Tshuva, a, a community turned to the Chacham Tzvi, the Italian community turned to him because in a certain community in Italy, they chose the Chassan Torah, a certain person who at one point in his life converted to Dat HaYishma'ilim, apparently Islam. He listened, and here I'm going to use the Hebrew phrase, Lekat He became associated and believed the community of Meshugaim, Rishaim, who listened to Shabtai Tzvi. When he became more normal, when he really understood, he did tshuva. From then on, he's a fine, outstanding person who learns, is trustworthy. But some people think he's, it's not proper for him to be Chatan Torah. The Chacham Tzvi answered, I see no reason why this person should be disqualified. Even though some people say 
that a Kohen who had become an apostate, even if he does tshuva, cannot do birchas kohenim. So he said, that's a special halacha. Because a Kohen who did Avodah Zarah cannot do the Avodah. And Bechaz Kohenim is considered an Avodah. But that would not refer to other Averos at all. This is, of course, besides the question to determine what's considered Avodah Zarah. But he said, a person who did Shuva, he, he can do Bechaz Kohenim. This person for a different Avera. But even though a person who did Avodah Zarek in the it's a separate thing in Birchaz Kohanim. While he's a Russia, that's a different story. But if he did Shuva, there's no reason he can't get an Aliyah. But then he raised the issue. The Gemara, a famous Gemara in Bava Basra, says, Shmona Psukim Yachid Now, of course, the question is, what does that mean? Yachid Kariyasam. The last Psukim of the Torah, there's a controversy in the Gemara, who wrote them? Since it disca- describes the death of Moshe, one Gemara said, one opinion is Yoshua wrote it. Another opinion is that Moshe wrote it. According to the, that line of the Gemara, the Gemara says, Moshe Kosev Bedema. The simple interpretation would be Moshe Kosev Bedema. Moshe wrote it while he was crying. But the Gemara says, because of the special halacha of the eight Psukim, Yachid Karasam. And the Gemara goes on to discuss why does the eight Psukim written they have a special din, and does that depend upon the machlokas of who wrote them? But the Gemara says, Yachid Karasam. Now, what does it mean, Yachid Karasam? So the Mordechai said, Yachid Karasam means the Yachid. In other words, the biggest Hamid Chacham present should be the one who is honored with Chatan Torah. The Chacham Tzvi said that most Rishonim disagree with this Mordechai, and he felt the Perush of the Mordechai would be very difficult, because according to other Perushim, the Yachid Karatam means they're less important. According to the Mordechai, it seems they're more important, although the Chacham Tzvi is aware that you could argue perhaps they're less important, but in order to emphasize that they still are important, they still have Kedusha Satora, perhaps we want to compensate by saying a Tamil Chacham should get the Aliyah. Nevertheless, he says, most Rishonim disagree with the Mordechai, and even according to Mordechai's Pshat, seems to be very strange. Therefore, he felt that you can call this person V'chatan Torah. But the comment that I felt was very interesting here was the Chacham Tzvi said, let's look at the custom. Who generally gets Chacham? Who gets the Chatan Torah today? Who gets called up for the Torah? Do we check to see if he's a Tamt Chacham? Do we check to see if he's intelligent? Do we check to see if he's rich or poor? Today, the bottom line is, who do we give Chatan Torah to? The person that gave the greatest donation. Apparently, in his time, as I've seen in many communities in, in Chutzlaretz, they sell Chatan Torah to the highest bidder. So, we don't follow the custom of Yachid Koreotam, give it to a Tamad Chacham. We give it to a person who pays money. So he said, therefore, there's no reason to stop this person from getting the Chatan Torah. And let's remember, And since this person is indeed a Baal Tshuva, 
So there's no reason to stop him from getting Chatan Torah. The last question I'd like to raise today is a question that, that was asked from the community of London. In Tshuva Lamed Zayin, they he was asked... about the about the country of England is it a Rishus HaYachid or Rishus HaRabin the whole country of England of course in the language of the Chacham Tzvi it's called Inglaterra now what's the reason to think it's a Rishus HaYachid because it's an island is separated by the sea on all sides. And I won't go into the complicated issues of Gudasik, Mechitzos, but the fellow that wrote the question said to him it would be very strange to think that such a big country could be considered a Rishos Hayachi. How could it be? If that's, con- if that's a concept, there's no Rishos HaRabim at all. The Chacham Tzvi, you know, first of all said, I don't really care if there's Rishos HaYachid Rishos HaRabim. If the Halacha decide, determines that this is a Rishos HaYachid, to say that. We're not going to argue. But, let's be honest. I think that there's a concept of the fact that people go through means that the concept of, uh, of, of the mechitzos are nullified. Now, without going into the basic laws here, this was a question that was raised in many communities, in many places where basically it's an island, that people thought they could be makil, at least make an Eruv, relying also on the idea that this is a Rishos Hayachid. To the best of my knowledge, which I haven't done, I must admit I haven't done much research on it, this is the first time that I've seen that the, per- the question really was raised about England specifically, if it's a Rishos Hayachid or Rishos Harabim. The Chacham Tzvi's answer, of course, is that there is a Rishos Harabim because Asi Rabim Mumavati Mechitzasa. Uh, of course, the issue has become a great top source of debate in England over the past uh, number of years. In fact, the, uh, a beautiful booklet was put out by the community of London of the people that support the Eruv to bring all the sources why the uh, Eruv of uh, the areas in London of uh, Hendon, Golders Green, etc., uh, why the Eruv is valid. Of course, many people have their disagreed and disputed the this particular Erev. But I, I find the question of raised by the Chacham Tzvi, or someone raised it to the Chacham Tzvi, perhaps you don't need an, an Erev at all. Perhaps all of England might be considered a Shosayachid. As I said, the Chacham Tzvi uh, did not uh, approve of that opinion at all, and he explained that basically there is a Rishos in England.